Being very intentional and very protective of our space because it's that space and focusing on the priorities, the things that are are most important to you. That's how we live into our purpose and our potential. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, We focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. One of the things that I really believe hold us back from the wealth that we say we desire is the lack of trust that we have in listening to our own gut, our intuition, those whispers, the dreams, the, the many ways that life just speaks to us. And so often we're so focused on the chasing and the wanting to go make things happen that we don't allow things to just flow. And so I love this conversation with my girl, Natalie McNeil. Uh, She is such a blessing in my life. We only have a few people who probably have known that we even know each other, um, that we even FaceTime, but She is such a phenomenal person just to be in community with. She speaks into my life so much, and I am so excited to finally have an opportunity to have her speak into yours. Natalie McNeil is an Emmy Award-winning media entrepreneur, best-selling author of five books, and founder of the Embodiment Coaching Institute. Devoted to expanding human potential through her transformational embodiment coaching method, she's been named one of 27 women changing the world by Inc. She has been featured in Glamour, Elle, Time, Inc., Entrepreneur, and so much more. Without further ado, here's my girl, Natalie McNeil. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Natalie. I am so thrilled to be here with you. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I adore you. Wow. Thank you so much for having me on. I adore you. I I have 
really loved your vibe since I accidentally saw you on a panel <laughs> um, a couple years ago now. It's It's been several years, maybe three years ago. I, I at the last minute, saw that there was going to be this panel in downtown LA on like Eventbrite. Saw it on an ad or something. And I was like, oh, I'll be in town. I should go see what that's about. And went through the event and you got on this panel and you had so much energy I was like so drawn to you. And I think I DM'd you and just sent you a message about how great you were on this panel. And I will never forget, we had a little dialogue in the DMs and you said something that stuck out to me. You said that you're really trying to be a part of more events that are inclusive of women of color and that you had talked to the organizers about the fact that the panel and the event was just basically too white. <laughs> you wanted to be a part of things that included more women of color. And I was like, now I knew I liked this girl. I knew <laughs> I knew I liked this girl. And that was years ago before some would say 2020, it became cool to be inclusive and be aware of inclusivity. But that is just who you are. Like, how? How is that just who you are, Natalie? It was, that was something that was important to me when I was moving to the United States. And I immigrated here for just over four years ago. And when I got here, I wanted to learn more about the United States, the history, dynamics here. It felt very different from Canada. And I mean, Canada, I just, I knew the history. I had more awareness of it. And when I actually started diving deeper in the US, I was just asking myself, like, how, how do I show up for equity? Like, what do I need to learn? And I started working with a, a coach and just making my own personal commitments and commitments like that. If I'm asked to speak somewhere and it's all white people, then that's a, that's a no for me. So it's aligning with my own values and deciding like, what are my commitments that really um, can, can just be in alignment with what I believe is, is right. And so I remember that conversation that we were, that we were having and things have, it feels like things have changed a lot since then in the last few years, still a lot of work. There's always a lot more work to do but it feels like more people are listening now and yeah. yeah waking up to the injustices the the inequities that still exist so mm -hmm. i'm hopeful we're moving in the right direction i think we are i definitely think we are just from the conversations i've had behind the scenes with quite a few folks and you had a powerful video. I mean, the video that you shared right after the protests were starting um, in response to the murder of George Floyd and that video and how people talked about that, the number of views that got, I, I'm always so in awe of you. I appreciate that. It was, and it was one of those things, as you know, that I just felt compelled to tell this story for just my audience. I was like, for, it was really for like three or four people <laughs> that I knew where I was like, I know of three or four people where my feelings are just hurt because they're so quiet right now. 
Mm. that I have to tell them what that feels like from my perspective. And hopefully it'll bless someone else. You know, I'm always like the one, like if it'll bless one person or cause one person to think a little deeper about this, then I'm good with it. No idea that it would end up being millions of views. I was just going for the one. But what I tell folks about you, Natalie, and this is a testament, you know, when people, it's one thing when people say things in front of your face, but it's like, when the person is not around, how do you speak of them? I always tell people about that exchange because it just meant so much to me. And then the exchange in the DMs with you about looking for ways to be, you know, inclusive and having equity, right? And then a girlfriend of mine won an extra ticket to your event in LA and invited me to the event. And I was like, wait, that's the same girl because we just had that DM exchange and that was kind of it. But then I was like, oh my gosh, that's the same lady. And go to the event and you rock my world. What was it called? Conquer? The Conquer Live events. The Conquer Live event. Oh my gosh. You helped me unlock so much during that event. And then I had a chance to get on stage and then I just fell deeper and deeper in love with you. I'm just like, (laughs) I love this woman. So I am so honored to finally get you on the podcast. I'm so happy our love affair is mutual. (laughs) (laughs) Just every time we drop in and connect, it's just pure magic. Like what a blessing you are (laughs) to the world. I know I saw I saw Natalie at an event one time, you guys, and I almost picked her up like we saw each other and our hug was so deep. It was like, but, you know, some people you just really, really connect with. And we have a mutual uh, past client, Tawana Tolliver. Shout out Tawana. Shout out to Tawana, who has told me over and over again, you and Natalie are the only people that I know like that like to know their clients and like to have these intimate groups and are like so dialed in with their clients. And before we started recording, we were talking about what's new and some some new discoveries about just knowing who we want to be in this space. So before we jump into your book, The Rituals, I think it's a great lead into that because I would love to hear how you arrived at this space of how you're running your program. Like give us a little backstory. Oh, so my latest program and where my energy is focused right now is on the transformational embodiment coaching certification. And it's the only ICF accredited certification of its kind. It includes multiple modalities that are woven into the coaching process. And I have been in this space for almost 15 years. Back when having an online business was not so not so common and I was working with women entrepreneurs and was one of few in that space. While I was on that path, I really got to see what holds people back on a much deeper level. And that's what drew me into training in different modalities like emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping, um, NLP, breath work, meditation, all these different tools and techniques that I started weaving into the business coaching I was doing 
And I started to see that as people went really deep within themselves and they were more focused on their inner work versus the latest marketing trend or sales strategy, I started to Mm -hmm. see people step into their power. I started to see women step into new ways of being. And from that place, the business just naturally started to blossom. People were attracted to them in, Mm -hmm. in droves. And the more that I saw that, and the more that I built out this methodology, I started to see that that's something that was a higher calling for me. And I'm always asking myself, what is my highest and best use on the planet in this moment? And I let my life and my business evolve according to what feels like my highest and best use. And so over the last couple of years, actually, since right after that event that you came to, that was... Uh, the Conquer Live event that I used to run every year. Right after that, I started what's been a two-year process of transitioning into offering this certification to train the future leaders and future coaches in the, the space of transformation and personal development. But to do that, you have to give some stuff up. To, to yes. get it to this point, you have to give some yes. stuff up. And this is where I think we have to show ourselves grace and understand that purpose evolves. Yes. As you said, essentially purpose evolves. And we're always asking, well, what am I called to do in this season? Yes. But what happens though, Natalie, is many of us want to fill our schedules with the checklist of things we already have to do now, and then all the things we need to do to create what's next. And we don't give ourselves permission to build in some rest time and focus time to actually bridge the gap. We double or triple our workload, which kinds of, it, to me, it goes against that idea of like letting things download because we're so busy and so focused on making it happen. So what did you do? Space and grace, baby. That's my, that's my motto in life for these last few seasons, actually. And we need to create the space to hear our own inner voice, to drown out the noise. We are living in a time when we are are bombarded with more information than we have been at any other point in the history of humanity. And in this time of being always in in so much noise, it's even more essential that we give ourselves space to listen to the callings on our heart, to listen to those soul whispers. And then from that place, to really start to separate our priorities and our to-dos, the priorities that are really aligned with the higher calling, that, that are aligned with our values, separating those from the day-to-day tasks and administrative work that we all have in our lives and businesses to some degree. There are things that we are responsible for 
And that is okay as long as we're not being consumed by all the things that we're responsible for, all the things that keep us busy, and that we are being very intentional and very protective of our space because it's that space and focusing on the priorities, the things that are are most important to you. That's how we live into our purpose and our potential. Mm-hmm. I love that. Protect it more than ever before. Like we are so bombarded. And I think that's one of the most important messages I want people to hear right now. Like you've got to protect your space, your peace, your joy now more than ever. Mm. It's so true. It's so true. And it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to allow your space, um, mental space, your physical space, all spaces in your life to be clouded with what looks good, what sounds good, what looks sexy on social media, you know, what your parents may want you to do, right? Even what a coach is, is suggesting you do. But until you have the space and grace um, you afford yourself or give yourself permission to really think through and process like, again, what are you being called to do? Because you can't hear in the noise. You can't hear in the noise. If you don't separate yourself and have some stillness, it's hard to hear what the next best step is, which is why most people stay stuck right? They stay kind of spiraling in cycles of confusion or analysis paralysis. And it's not that the next thing isn't there. Sometimes we can't hear it or see it because of all the noise and the busy. Yeah. And if you're in that space, if you're listening to this feeling like, wow, I think there is a lot of noise in my life. I haven't been hearing my own inner voice. I haven't been been listening to my own truth it's not your fault we are we are programmed we are in a in this space especially with social media with news media we receive little dopamine hits for all of those likes for all of those ways that we get validated and it's hard to step out of that. It, it takes that conscious choice and intention to delete the apps for a few days, to give yourself some space, to take a, a digital detox, a little break from Instagram. And I took a long break. I used to be a lot more visible. I used to be posting every day and stepping out of that over the last two years, that's been a the thing that's given me the space that I needed to reinvent, to recreate my life and business in a way that just brings me so much more joy and fulfillment. I love it. I love it. And I do some digital detoxing here and there myself, just deleting it, even if it's for the weekend or for the week, just Mm -hmm. deleting things. Sometimes I say, I say this to my husband, like, I wish I could delete social media forever, (laughs) but it's the way that I connect with my audience. And I love that. And I love getting to know what they need as well. But it also feels so intrusive sometimes that 
you know, that you're so accessible. Like it just feels like you're always accessible and the introvert in me kind of wants to just shut down. I'm really even looking for ways, honestly, where we can plan stuff so far in advance that I can record all the things my team wants me to do and the reels and the videos and all that. And you guys just post it whenever you want to post it. But I just don't want to be involved because I feel myself getting sucked in and even not intentionally looking at other people's stuff, but you have eyes you're going to see, you know, like even if I unfollow anything that makes me struggle or that I feel like is causing me to struggle or question what I'm doing right now, I may unfollow, but then, you know, someone else who knows. So you sh- they share. Right. And my theme for this year is to be content with contentment. And we were talking about that a little bit, like being content with what I'm being called to do, no matter what it looks like to other people or how it sounds, or even when well-meaning friends are like, no, but you can make triple the money. Okay. But right now in this season, in this moment, this is what I feel called to do. And that is really the embodiment of Chase Purpose, not money. If I do anything contrary to that, then I'm out of integrity with what I teach. Yes. 100%, 100%. So I want to start talking about the book and it's in the same vein. And I have the perfect quote. It just embodies what we were just saying. In the book, you said, which, which, where do I want to go? Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Um, You were talking about being in Bali and how up until that particular trip to Bali, your main focus had been on productivity and structure so that you could stay at the top of the never-ending to-do list, right? And continue to adopt all these habits to be a more quote-unquote effective person. And you realize that you weren't really though in alignment with your joy and your peace and all those types of things. Can you talk about that moment and what led to the book, The Rituals? The book, The Rituals, was a book that dropped into my awareness and I would just have conversations with the soul of the book. And this is actually a ritual that I have with all of my big projects, whether it's a a program that I'm feeling called to create, a book I'm feeling called to write. I start to speak to the soul of it. And I ask it what it wants to be. And I surrender. I empty myself so that it can come through me. And writing the book, The Rituals, in so many different places, because I wrote that book in Bali, in Thailand, in Israel, in South Africa. Yeah, I was picking up on that. I was like, Natalie has been everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. hundred countries. And yes, I've traveled extensively and learned so much along the way. And as I was writing this book in, in different places and in different seasons of my life, it taught me to slow down and to come back to presence because I feel like I had automated so many things in my life, in my business. I had all of these habits that supported me in being more productive, but then in that that productivity and in having so many habits, there was this like automated way that I was moving through life. 
And habits have their place. Habits can be really great. We don't want to be thinking about every single thing that we're doing. Having good habits, awesome. And for me, looking at rituals instead and dropping back into rituals and not rituals that I I consistently have to do every morning, but rituals that in any given moment can just bring me home to myself, return me to presence. And I started incorporating more rituals in my business as well. I started to focus more on aliveness over automation and automations in our business. You and I have conversations about this sometimes. Great. And I think this is why we also love the the people that we work with. My aliveness, my joy, my deep feeling of being of service comes when I am interacting with the people that I'm serving. I don't want all of these automated products that people buy and that are delivered to them without my involvement. I know that some people choose that in their businesses, but I'm here for people. I'm here for people living into their fullness and being able to express themselves and to live into their joy and their power and abundance. And I want to work with people on that. So writing the book, The Rituals, really brought me home Mm -hmm. to myself and my joy and my peace and my deeper purpose as well. And the book has 36 practices for connecting to your purpose, for deepening your relationships. And ultimately, it's about returning home to mm-hmm. you. So good. So good. So there's so much there. I think the first thing I love is that it really caught me off guard because when we hear rituals, we assume, oh, a morning routine or a night routine. And here you were saying that it wasn't about doing all these things every single morning, but it was about just looking at the book from a, well, what do you need? you know, in that moment, just allowing yourself to flow through um, these different practices that you've picked up or see, like seen throughout all of your travel or just things that came to you intuitively. And I realized how many rituals I actually have. Like there are so many, you know, as I went through the book, I was like, oh, at least 14 of these. I already know, you know, <laughs> and it was like, it makes sense though. It makes sense why we are so aligned because some of these these ideas are very similar to just things that maybe I haven't necessarily talked about, but they come up for me just in how I live my life. Um, So I love that, that rituals are not just about like a hardcore morning routine, which is why a lot of people feel inadequate or like failures when they're not keeping up with the 10 things that every multimillionaire does in the morning. And you need to do all these things before 7am and people are like, okay, I'm over. I guess I'll never, (laughs) I guess I'll never make it. Because then you're on somebody else's path. You're following what's working for someone else or their truth. I want you to connect to what feels true for you moment Mm -hmm. to moment. And don't do things because you feel like you have to do them or that's going to be what brings you success. You get to look inside you and ask what is true for me. And one of the rituals that I love doing is a stream of consciousness writing practice, 
where you close your eyes, you take a few deep breaths, and you ask yourself a question. And one of the questions that I, I love asking often is, what does my highest self want me to know right now? Or what does spirit want me to know right now in this moment of my mm-hmm. life? And then just contemplating that for a few moments, picking up a pen and then putting pen to paper without stopping for at least two minutes and letting it pour through you, bypassing the mind. If, you, if you're getting stuck on a word, just keep writing the last word until the next one comes and don't take your pen off paper for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what comes through. You really start to hear that inner voice. You start to be tapped into your own truth. And then yeah. ultimately, you, you are the ritual and mm-hmm. your, your life is the, is the offering, is what you get to lay down on this global altar. You know, it's, it's you. It's what you choose to embody. It's how you choose to show up in the world. Like you, you are the ritual. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that writing things out in that way and not trying to edit my thoughts, just writing. Sometimes I look back at things that I wrote months ago, weeks ago, years ago, sometimes. And it's so clear that I was always being led to a certain path. Like even when I didn't understand what I was writing, when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, because sometimes you have a thought and you think that it's a new thought. Have you ever experienced this where you think, Absolutely. oh, I just came up with this thing. And then you look back at some of those, you know, moments where you were just writing and letting your heart just talk, like just letting things download and go. And you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't new. That was actually a divine download from eight months ago. Many yes. of the things that I've done, my books, my programs, you know, even speeches <laughs> that I've given, they really came way before I was ready to to actually step in and do the work. But the ideas and the calling to do them happened way before. And writing is usually my way of processing or getting it out. So why I love journaling and being able to look back because things only make sense when we can look back. And there's such beauty in seeing how the blueprint was being created for anything. To be able to look back and see and give yourself evidence of when I trust, when I trust, when when I write it down, when I trust that calling, here's where I am led. Here's what gets built. Mm -hmm. from that blueprint, whether it's a person, like the first time you and I met, and I think every time we've ever seen each other in person, we're just like magnetized to each other and just like, so in our own little bubble, like there's, (laughs) there's something there and, and it's unfolding. It continues Mm -hmm. to unfold. So there are people, there are projects. There's the book that we feel called to write. And as we're like getting all of that out and we can revisit it, things start to make sense. And as they make sense, I think we learn to trust ourselves more. We learn to trust when we're feeling that that pull 
to something. Mm -hmm. And the more we step into that place of trust, I think the more we expand our vessels and our capacity for more. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. There's another ritual that you mentioned in the book that also really stood out to me as something that I've I've done for years, which is document your dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Documenting my dreams, Natalie, has prepared me for so many things. I think when we talked last, we FaceTimed and I told you about one experience and, and I was warned about what happened in a dream weeks before and use this book to kind of help me interpret it. And it was spot on because my spirit was ready. Like I was ready to fight. (laughs) Like it was something that required me to kind of stand up for myself in a way that had the dream not prepared me, had I not documented it and taken it seriously. And I know a lot of people wake up and they're like, oh, I had this weird dream last night. I don't really remember. I make it a habit of like being ready to document every detail I can possibly remember, whether I can understand it in the moment or not. But when I look back, so often it's connected to like things that end up happening. Why did you include documenting your dreams? It's been such a powerful practice for me too. And I have a dream journal by my bed. I get up sometimes in the middle of the night to write down a few notes, not very much, but even just a couple symbols that I'm seeing or things that feel important. And sometimes I'll just scribble it down. It's how some of my businesses have come to me as me well too. and certain names and projects. And it's a it's part of my morning as well. When I'm waking up, I'm like, okay, while I'm still in this space, is there anything I remember that I dreamed last night? Can I remember anything at all and just note it? Because there's there have been so many lessons for me in that. There have been things that felt very prophetic. And then there have been things that felt like they were preparing me or showing me a different way forward or making something clear to me that was a little bit fuzzy and so much more. I mean, I get so much out of my dreams. And if you look back on creatives throughout history and people who have done pretty big things in the world, many of them had a practice of documenting their dreams and going back and interpreting them. And yeah, it's a it's a beautiful practice. I tell you what, For me, every time something really significant is on the horizon, my grandmother shows up in a dream. Wow. And it always signals a warning or wisdom that is beyond me. Wow. Things that I just, it's impossible. I wouldn't have known. There's no way. And she doesn't show up often, But since she passed in 2013, she's probably shown up about four or five very significant times that I can remember. And it's always been preparation for something that was next every time. Wow. I have worked with some teachers around the world who also have dream documentation processes and 
for those listening who often don't remember their dreams or you're not writing it down, if you set the intention before going to bed, because many of us do dream, it's the remembering part that (laughs) can be an issue. And if you set an intention before you go to sleep to remember your dream or to have any wisdom, any guidance, anything that would support your path be shown to you in a dream, sometimes that shifts it for me. Just setting that intention will allow me to what feels like dream more. I feel like I dream more when I set that intention and I feel like I remember more. So you can invite more dreams into your life and try try that on and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And for anyone who's just looking for a dream interpretation book, um, this is funny. My grandma came to me in a dream in May and it felt very much like a warning. And, she, and it definitely felt like a warning, but I didn't understand all the nuances of the dream. And I literally was walking through a parking lot and a woman was pushing her dog in a stroller. <laughs> and I was with my husband and daughter and we both, we just made eye contact very briefly. And I happened to look back. And at the same time I was looking back, she was looking back at me and we locked eyes and she said, you know, is there like, can I pray for you? And I was like, huh? Like, real, like, huh? And then she's like, is there something that you're trying to figure out right now? And I just, you know, I was like, um, I don't know. Well, there's this dream I had. And she's like, oh, I have the perfect book. I didn't even know books like the magnitude of this book that she referred to me even existed. So I'll drop the link in the show notes, you guys, but game changer. Like game change, it hurt, it helped me interpret that dream, um, and it's also something that I've been to, I've been saying to like God, show me, like show me anything I need to like see or anything I need to be prepared for, and things keep just coming in dreams. But I've also been dreaming like that since I was a little kid. I just didn't take it seriously. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't try to document. I'd just be like, oh, I had this dream, and people wow. would be like, uh. That's weird and nothing, you know, I wouldn't think anything of it, but older, I would say in my thirties, since I've been more deliberate about it, unlocking so much, which is why I feel such a sense of peace and contentment with the choices that I make. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that back and forth, you know, when you make a decision and then you're like, was that the right thing? I don't know. And it's the him and the ha and the straddling the fence. I've been so much more decisive, I suppose, since just being in the space of trusting that, yes. that, that these, these dreams are coming to warn me or show me, you know, another layer or level of wisdom. And they've wow. been spot on every single time. Yeah. I recently had a, a dream about a particular book that I know my partner had read And I hadn't read the whole thing. The book is called Reality Transurfing. Really cool book. Um, Very, very deep to read. Definitely takes a lot to sit with it. And it came to me in a dream with the page 176. And I just woke up with this feeling of, okay, got to go to that book, page 176. And it was 
spot on what I needed in that moment for a decision that I was making and something that I was contemplating in my work. And it just blew my mind. And I was sharing it with my partner. And even he was like, whoa, that is (laughs) so crazy. Like the perfect advice. But Natalie, don't you think these are the things that when you're trying to share and explain with your audience, with your clients in content, (laughs) it's so hard because it's like, well, well, you, I don't want to be sound what people might consider woo woo, but this is the truth. Like these are the rituals. These are the behaviors, the thoughts that I'm having. And these, I really do believe are the results they produce. Yes. That- and we're all on our own path and we all need to come to our own understanding of how we commune with spirit or how we connect with our intuition. So we all have different ways based on our own gifts and based on our own blueprint. And for you, it might be dreams. It might be very visual. I have a lot of visions as well. And a lot comes to me in dreams. Um, That's clairvoyance. I would consider that to be part of clairvoyance. And then there's there's clairaudience. There are people who hear things. They almost like hear these little whispers or they'll overhear a conversation when they're out in the world. And it feels like there's something in that for them. There's clairsentience where you get these feelings. You just, you have a feeling about it. And if it's a, a not so great feeling, you know that that's a decision that you you want to make in accordance with that not feeling so good. So maybe that's going to be a no. And then there's a feeling of yes, like this person or this project. There is claircognizance. Some people just know, they just have a knowing. And it sometimes feels like a whole body knowing. It sometimes feels like it's a knowing in the mind. And it takes a little bit of play to figure out the ways that your life is speaking to you. And there's no right or wrong way. So if you're listening to Patrice and I, and you're like, I never remember my dreams. And I don't know if that feels true for me. You get to look inside you. You get to ask for signs and they will appear in exactly the way that you you need them. You know, some people turn on the radio and get a message through the radio when they're driving. For some people, it's it's a book. It's, it's symbols that are out in the world and a piece of art. There's so many different ways that life speaks to us. Oh, my gosh. But once you listed all those things, I've had all of those experiences. Yes. Right? Like, I, I've had all of those experiences. And I love that you said life is speaking to you. I think life is always speaking to us. Mm-hmm. I think there's always signs, but it kind of goes back to that. Are you paying attention? Are you still, are you looking for the signs? Like, are you open to receiving the signs? I remember when my husband used to say, I don't know anyone else who has this many people stop and say things to them, right? Like people would stop and say, can I tell you something? And every time my husband is like, oh my gosh, here we go. And that's been happening for like 18 years. Doesn't matter. We could be in a subway. We can be in an Uber. We've been in the airport and someone will say, hey, can I say something to you? 
or would you mind if I shared something with you? Or I don't know why I feel called to this. And my husband would go, why does that never happen to me? And I said, well, maybe you're not open. Mm-hmm. I think God knows that he can speak to me through people, but yeah, maybe you're, you're not open. Uh-huh. Right. And so he started to pray to be more open. And he had an experience like that at the airport, getting off the plane with a gentleman who he sat on a flight with for five hours. They never spoke, but they're getting off the plane and headed to baggage claim. And the guy says, this is going to sound weird, but can I say something to you? And he spoke right into the life of a big decision that my husband had to make at that time. And he was spot on. Wow. And I think it, it starts with the intention. Like this is my, my morning prayer, a course in miracles, God, where will you have me go? Who will you have me meet? What will you have me say? And to whom? And just setting the intention to be open. Like I start my day in this space of, I am open to receive. I go out into the world and I, I'm very grateful for every little sign that I get as well. When I am speaking to another person or have that connection, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for the gift of this human. If I'm buying something, thank you that I have the, I have the resources to make this purchase right now to buy this food or whatever it is when I'm receiving thank you so much for this beautiful gift, like for, for what I'm receiving in this moment. And it's a, it's a flow. It's this like it's the game of gratitude. Flow. It's That's the game of gratitude. The, yes. the game of gratitude in the book. And me and my partner do this together now. And it's a beautiful practice, I think, to adopt with your partner or mm-hmm. in your family where you just say out loud, you claim all the things that you are grateful for. And we just go on these, on these streams um, that we call them. And it's just, I'm grateful for the deliciousness that is in my mouth right now from this food (laughs) that we made. And I'm so grateful that we got to cook this together. I'm so grateful that we get to be out in nature right now. And we get to, like, we were hugging this tree on the weekend. And I was like, I'm so grateful for this tree and how trees like provide so much to us without ever asking for anything in return. Like, how can I be less transactional in my life so that I feel like I can give and give and give. And if I'm giving to a person, I don't need to receive back from that person. I am always taken care of. I can give and I can trust that I am always being taken care of because this tree is just giving and giving and giving and expecting nothing in return. So when I'm out in the world in that space, more and more just keeps on happening. Life just keeps on speaking to me. You know, life is like, wow, she is open. She is tuned in. Let's give her more because my capacity for it has expanded. Mm. And capacity is huge. I think capacity is, is so, so important. We need to build our vessels. We need to, to, create a vessel for what it is that we want most. So if we want more ideas, if we want more downloads, we need to create the space for them. Like what we were talking about. If you want more money in your life, 
create the vessel for more money, have a plan for what you would do with it. When I tell God I have a plan or a goal, whether it's something philanthropic or it's something that I want to do for my growth, the money shows up because I've built a vessel for Mm -hmm. it. And that's one of my most powerful rituals is just expanding my capacity, building my vessel. If, if I ask you, what would you do with a million dollars? And you don't precisely know, like, I know what I would do with an extra million dollars at this point. And if you don't know that you may not be ready for more. And of course this can be, Mm -hmm. this can be debated, but I'm constantly working on how I can expand my vessel, stay in alignment with what I most desire, and then create create space for it as well. And know what I'm going to do with all those things that I, I want to have or want to receive. Know what I'll do when I receive that like download or that bit of yeah. information when life is speaking to me. So I think that's actually one of my most powerful practices. It's the gratitude paired with this expansion of my capacity. And sometimes the expansion is preceded by contractions. And we can sometimes be afraid of that contraction. We can be afraid that things feel like they're they're getting smaller, closing in on us. And we're like, what am I doing wrong? But we we need to have that contraction to have the bigger expansion on the yes. other side. So don't be afraid of the contractions in your life either. So good. Uh, Natalie, <laughs> do you guys see why I say I love Natalie? Oh my gosh. She's like a redheaded version of me. I just feel like, <laughs> except for I haven't been to a hundred countries at all. Um, but we, we need to travel together. We yes. need to go on like a magical capacity, expanding, gratitude filled, life speaking to us everywhere we go kind of trip together. I feel like oh. we just, we get high off each other. That like, would be oh my trip. gosh, that would be so <laughs> much fun. Just in the opening of the book, I was like, Tibetan mountains, like what? She's been like, just looking at the <laughs> list of different experiences you've had. So yes, I'm down. Sign me up. I want to do that with you. Okay. So before I let you go, I'm going to ask you what we call our redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. So you're just going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. How do you define success? Based on how fulfilled I am, how fulfilled I feel in the moment. Awesome. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Being abundance. Oh, did it in two words. Very few people. You have a cute thinking face. I just want you to know. I wish you guys could have seen Cute my eyes face. closed. I mean, these are these are simple but very but very deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for me, it's like it's a being abundance. How does the essence of abundance like go out into the world? If I am being abundance, how am I spending my money? How am I showing up? Anyway, now I'm like way more than three words. Back <laughs> into my it. cute thinking face. <laughs> Here's the next one. What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. What's the big overarching takeaway that you got from that book? 
that money needs to flow. Money needs to flow. And if we are focusing on, for example, saving more money instead of just letting our money flow and making more money, if we are focused on what something costs instead of the value it is providing to us in our lives, then we're, we're holding it. We're, we're holding it too tight. And if we can let money flow like a, like a river, there will always be more. Mm -hmm. That was one of the big lessons that I, that I took away from that book. And the, the value piece, I think that that is actually one of the things that has allowed me to build so much wealth um, for this stage in my life. And that is just going to keep growing but when I'm focused on the value of what this is worth in the future, when I'm living in the future potentiality, and when I'm living in the future, I'm also thinking about things like compound interest. So if I invest this, this amount now, 25 years from now, it can be this. Or if I invest $10,000 in this program or in this certification. It's not about what it costs now. It's that I now have this skill set. I can yes. now offer this and receive so much from it over many years. So living into the future potentiality, letting our money flow. Those are some of the big takeaways from, from that. It's been a long time since I've read it, but now I'm inspired to go back to it. Yeah, you just inspired me. I have I've probably read it eight, nine years ago, but I definitely need to go back to it. You inspired me. So good. And last question, you're gonna fill in the blank, actually. It's my name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Natalie, and the truth about wealth is that you need to be it to see it. You better rhyme, Natalie. You better be <laughs> it to see it. Come on, somebody. That's my poetry snap. Yes. Natalie, I adore you. I adore Thank you, you so much. I knew this was going to be good. Thank you for blessing my audience. I You're just appreciate amazing. you. I appreciate you so much. I'm excited for our trip to the Himalayas or wherever we end up. It will be amazing. Okay, so <laughs> when you guys see us on Instagram, post it up. Just remember you heard it here first. You heard it here first. And I'm going to really hound her about <laughs> blocking time for us to do this trip. We, we need to do it. We need to we do need, something. We need to do it. All right. You guys heard it here first. She can't back out now. <laughs> love you, Natalie. Love you so much. And sending love to all of your beautiful listeners. What an amazing conversation. Oh my gosh. Did you not love this conversation? Uh, this is such a, just a sneak peek into what it's like every single time. I speak with Natalie and some of the things that I just really want you to take away from this episode. One is just that reminder that your life is always speaking to you. 
but are you ready to hear? Are you ready to receive? And then are you ready to be bold enough to listen and do what you heard and do what you really feel? Many of us hear, see, feel, experience things. And then the the pit of our belly, we know what the next best step is. And yet we second guess because it goes against the norm. And what I've been learning from Natalie is just to be in flow, just to stay in flow, to expand my capacity to receive. I love that she talked about that. And also just space and grace, giving ourselves the space and grace to embrace what we're hearing, what we're experiencing. There's so much in this episode. And if you are just looking for some different ideas around this concept of the rituals from Natalie's book. It's wonderful. It's You can just pick and choose different things that you just want to try in your life. Everything is not going to be an exact fit, right? But I always say, don't miss the bigger picture or the message because you have all of these preconceived notions or judgments about what you think it is. Like you can learn something everywhere from everything, from everyone, And there are so many great rituals and ideals in the book. So pick up a copy of The Rituals, really great book. And also, again, I'm going to make sure that we link to that dream book that I spoke of in the episode in the show notes. That has really been a blessing and really helped me step up that ritual of documenting your dreams. I never really called that anything in particular, but what I love about Natalie's book is that it gives name to so many things I was already doing. I just didn't call it anything in particular. So I hope this blesses you. Let's talk about it in the Redefining Wealth community. Come on over to the free Redefining Wealth Facebook group. Let's talk about this. Are there some rituals that you know you already practice? Is there anything that stood out to you? Let's dive in and discuss. We're gonna be posting about this episode today, the day that it originally came out. So let's discuss that. And that's it for me. I would love for you to rate and review the podcast. It's always really helpful to continue to grow the community and bring in more and more purpose chasers from all over the world. And especially if you're an international listener, I really want to invite you to the Facebook group because I really want to hear and see what your rituals are like from your culture, from your perspective. If there's anything different, which I'm sure there is, share that with us. I love the diversity in our group and I really just want to keep growing in that way. So don't be afraid. Come on in. There's purpose chasers from all over the world and we need your voice as well. So other than that, guys, you can find me in social media, Seek Wisdom PCW. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.